Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program. We've got a lot of business to take care of today. We're talking bears with Dr. Dan Thompson, who is the large carnivore uh, supervisor for Wyoming Game and Fish. Also, Janet will be here with us and Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. So it's a lot of bear news today because, uh, there have been signs of some bears milling around and, and, uh, sticking their nose out of their dens. So what does that mean for this year? Are we ready to get spring underway? We'll talk to Dr. Dan and find out about that. Uh, also, if you have any questions for Game and Fish or for Brian or for anyone that uh, is on the show, you can hit us up inside the My Country mobile app and ask that question. And we have got the opportunity for big things happening because you can listen to all of our great episodes on the app on demand very simple have you hooked a big fish or harvested a beast of an animal let us know all about it at the my country mobile app you're listening to wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors my country 95.5 in hooking and hunting outdoors on my country 95.5 Welcome back to the show. Of course, it's always a great honor to spend time with Wyoming Game and Fish as they work real hard and extremely hard uh, bringing the outdoors to life here in Wyoming, offering up so many different opportunities in in different ways. And, of course, there are so many different types of, of wildlife that if you didn't have a group like uh, Game and Fish, it would be just chaos running around. And Janet, thanks for coming back in. Uh, as always, the unofficial official co-host of the show. Hey, thanks, Drew. And some days it's a challenge to know whether we are the wildlife or if we're helping the wildlife. So hopefully today we're just the ones helping the wildlife, even though Dr. Dan is on with us again. Yeah, Dr. Dan uh, Thompson, the large carnivore supervisor that uh, you're kind of floating around right now. And I know that it's been really busy for you this time of year. You guys probably get question after question about, well, I've heard that the bears are out. And and I know that you've uh, been talking to a lot of people already about that topic in general. Sure. Yeah. And I had to laugh about the notion that we're controlling chaos. I would say it's not, there's a lot of chaos in our lives, but uh, we got to embrace that. But yeah, um, you know, again, it is, a, it's important to remind people and, and, with the use of social media, the first time a bear sticks its nose out of its breathing hole from their den, there's going to be a, um, a release about it, which is good. But people have interest in that. But, um, you know, most of the most of the bears are still sleeping, but they're going to be coming out. And it's good to remind people what they can do. You know, when bears come out of the den, they're hungry. They're looking for easy food. So you got to remind yourselves and beer drinking, grilling weather to make sure you're not leaving garbage out for them, your grill's clean and not out for them and things like that. It's just always good to remind people that that potential is, is going to be back on the ground. So bears don't have an alarm clocks. 
and and really, what is the deciding factor when the Bears start to to really come out of their den? Oh, that's a great question. Um, the reason Bears den in the first place is because uh, they there's not that food source for them available in the winter. They're unique in that as a species that they they sleep all winter. It's not a true hibernation like certain species, but they do have uh, reduced breathing and heart rates. But uh, based on photo period and food availability, they'll start coming out of the den and, and as early as now. Um, a lot of bears den in higher elevations, so there's still a ton of snow in a lot of that country. It's still very cold, but some of these bears that might be, that might have expanded distribution are likely to come out of the den a little earlier. And we usually see males coming out before females and especially females that uh, had cubs in the den. They're usually the last to come out, sometimes not until into May. It's kind of the, the slow, the first exodus is occurring now, and we'll see a lot more coming out in April into May. And I think this is a great time to remind people that while we still have quite a bit of snow up on Casper Mountain and people are still skiing on the weekends, that the nice weather is coming. You know, here in town, it's it's been in the 50s and 60s lately. We're getting that taste of spring. And we do all want to get out and enjoy that. And just like Dan was talking about keeping um, you know, our activities clean only helps the bears. And so if we're up on Casper Mountain, if we have a cabin, if we have a house, you know, and we're getting ready to start putting out our bird feeders and our barbecues and feeding our animals outside again, because they're coming up for the weekend, it really can pose a lot of challenges for wildlife. And we do want to keep that in mind is this is a great way to start the summer and the season being clean, thinking of these things from the beginning and so that we don't have, you know, trash problems and we have to relocate bears and and hopefully we don't have to euthanize them um, due to activities that that people have unfortunately done. So so those are the things that we can start thinking about now as, um, you know, people living in wild country. Is this considered a, like a, a fake spring or a false spring to them if they come out because the weather's been so nice and they think it's that time of year? Will that affect them for the rest of the year? Will, will they remain out or will they go back in? Uh, again, great question. Um, no, it should not impact them. Like I said, this time of year, the bear that comes out is usually a male, but sometimes they'll come out, walk around a bit and go back in. Uh, bears can wake up anytime during denning. And we've actually we put a camera out on a black bear den years ago. And uh, it was kind of cool because she, she had cubs in the den and then she came out and she was grabbing branches off of, of small pine trees to kind of bed the den. So they can be active in the, in the winter. It's not like a bat or something like that, that if they wake up, they lose all their fat. Um, if they were to stay out too long and not get food, it could impact them. But, but an early den, coming out of early emergence or getting up a few times is not going to negatively impact them. Our bears are all very healthy. Talking to Dr. Dan Thompson, part of the Wyoming Game and Fish, and, of course, Janet Millick. Uh, we will have more bear talk today, as it's been a popular conversation if you've been on social media or uh, seen any press releases. So more with Dan and Janet in just minutes. Wyoming to Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. My Country 95.5. We're back in again on Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. And uh, one of our favorite things to talk about on this show is the wildlife. And and we're getting to the point of the year where springtime is here. The bears will be coming out. And, and a little while ago, Janet had mentioned that, uh, you know, here in Casper, 
the weather has been pretty nice. We've been in the 50s and, you know, cooling down a little bit at night. But those bears start to start uh, stirring. And, it, it you know, they might surprise you a little bit. So you might as well start now being bear-wise. And I like that phrase. And, uh, Janet, I know it's, it's one that you guys really push so that, you know, people are aware of what's going on. Absolutely. And and it's it's important, you know, in every activity that we do in Wyoming, that we do keep these things in the back of our minds because, you know, we have what it, you know, thinking bear wise helps us deal with all wildlife and, and being safe in our surroundings and, and helping the wildlife is really key to being outdoors and enjoying it. And so, you know, I last fall when we had Dan on, we were talking more about, you know, being bear aware when you're outside hunting and that, you know, what a crazy situation you're in when you're dressed in camo and you're camouflaging your scent and all of these different things that hunters do to be successful in their hunt. But, you know, the backyard barbecue is also something people need to consider. And with tourism about to really step up, I mean, that puts a lot of pressure on on these animals with what last year over four million people came into Yellowstone. I mean, that just goes to show they adjust well, it seems to me. Uh, Is it tough on these animals for the crowds or are they just used to it at this point? You know, I I think a little of both. Uh, We know animals get habituated to some level of human activity. And I, I guess I question four to five million people and how that is beneficial to wildlife from a philosophical, holistic standpoint. But I also want to give people the opportunity to see wildlife in in a lot of cool settings that we have in Wyoming. And so uh, we, I think that's why we have ramped up our educational efforts to to try to to educate people and and also look at the efficacy of how we talk to people and and talk to people and provide information in different forms and different ways that resonates differently with each person. Um, as, as I get older, I lose touch with how to contact with the younger people, I suppose. And so we have a lot of, a lot of people uh, within our department, within our section that, that are trained in how to best reach a wide audience and to get that, convey the messages that we want them to hear. And that's, that's that component of bearwise that is important to us because we've definitely seen an, an increased uh, use in, um, in use of public areas throughout Wyoming. And we have black bears throughout the entire state. And we have people recreating in areas that they didn't even know existed before. Um, you know, I, I think of some places we've done research monitoring for black bears in southeast Wyoming where we were running into people. I don't even know how they found that place because we were trapping black bears to put collars on them and there's people in those areas. So um, it's a good eye opener for us to make sure that we maintain and increase our efforts to to educate the public, to get with them, to to let them know the reality and of, of recreating or living and working in areas that potentially have species like bears or mountain lions in them. So we mentioned that o- over 4 million people came into Wyoming they're not all from Wyoming, obviously, with only, you know, under 500,000 or under 600,000 people here. So does social media and and the web become a pretty good teaching tool for Game and Fish to get the word out nationwide, worldwide? Because people that aren't bear aware or bear wise haven't any clue of how they're supposed to act when they see these bears. It's something that 
that our INE experts like Janet and our Bearwise coordinator, Kyle Garrett, we have a new coordinator for the Bearwise program uh, that, that they definitely use to our advantage. Uh, we're revising our website and our Bearwise page is actually a very well done, very interactive source for information about anything a person wants to know about bears and how to react in situations. You know, we're in essence trying to teach people about bear behavior and trying to read that and providing them with proactive tools to reduce potential for conflict ever occurring. And that's something we're very proud of. And I think it's a very useful resource that, um, that we can provide for the public. And I know that we get a lot of visitations to our Bearwise page. Um, a lot of times people that are, when they're there looking for information on hunting or fishing or camping, will click over to that, which is, is a good way to, to make sure that that information is getting out there. And you know, when you asked that question, Drew, about social media and how does it play into things, I think that it can play in good and it can play in bad. I mean, there's the people that are putting themselves and wildlife in danger by trying to get that shot, that perfect, I'm with the buffalo, I'm with the bear shot that you often see. And then there's injuries that might be involved. Um, there's cars that maybe um, stop too close to wildlife, you know, to jump out to get that that perfect picture so that they look fantastic on on social media. And that does pose a lot of challenges for wildlife and for us. It does create um, kind of habituated animals, uh, which, you know, isn't, isn't a good thing for us, isn't a good thing for people, because again, they're still wild and you don't know how they're going to react. And so, so there are a lot of challenges that come along with dealing with people. And, and, you know, these people often aren't from Wyoming, sometimes they are, and oftentimes they're not even from the United States. They don't even speak our language. They don't even understand a lot about, you know, how, how to function in the outdoors because they live in, in cities of millions and billions of people. So, so there are a lot of challenges and, and we as Wyomingites, I think just can do our best to stay educated and help um, keep our wildlife safe. Awesome. You know, bear talk is, is really fascinating to me. So we'll continue with Janet and Dan Thompson from Wyoming Game and Fish Department in just a few minutes. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Welcome back to the show. We're conversing with Dan Thompson and Janet Millick of Game and Fish about bears. So one of the things that I know, and, and Dan, this isn't a, a happy subject to a lot of folks in Game and Fish, but when you have the bears like uh, 399 and Felicia and all these different bears that have become more pop stars than wild animals because people have made them out to be celebrities because they take those pictures and they, you know, they kind of, they put it out there where social media uh, hurts, but... Um, I know there there have been multiple uh, things that have had to been be done on a lot of these bears where they had to be uh, relocated because of this interaction with with humans when it comes to social media and things. And I remember last fall when one of a, one of the bears with the cubs was moving. Every time she moved, there was a social media post that said, "Oh, I saw her here." How I I know it's a little touchy subject. But, I mean, people need to know how to act and react in those situations. It's a really good point. I mean, we're, there's people that are, in essence, loving bears to death, realistically. Right. Um, and it's, it's tricky because I, I want people to be able to view wildlife 
I remember the first time I saw a grizzly bear in the wild, and that's something that will that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Where it becomes an issue is where that's taken advantage of, and it becomes not a privilege but a right to people that they should be able to follow this bear around and take pictures of it and make money off it. And and when it crosses that line of commodification, I guess, is where it gets more difficult. And, um, you know, that's why we don't promote uh, habituated behavior that could potentially lead to a food-conditioned dangerous animal. And we draw a hard line for food-conditioned animals. Uh, but, we're, you know, it's it's walking that line of understanding from a management and biologist standpoint, you know, when when do we have to step in when, when before something bad happens or things we can do to reduce that. So there's been a lot of work to try to to manage the human component of that as far as not creating these celebrity situations. You know, I, it's tough because we want people to have an insight into into grizzly bears. They're an amazing animal. Bears that are chosen as celebrities aren't necessarily emblematic of all grizzly bears, just like celebrity human beings aren't emblematic. It's unfair to the bears to put them in some of those some of those scenarios to be representative of their quote their population. We walk that line of really trying to promote the ability because of because of decades of work to recover the species that there's this amazing opportunity to see a grizzly bear in the wild without taking advantage of. What are some key factors and key points, which I know they can go to the, the Bearwise uh, website and learn everything they need to know. But if someone is listening now and as we're starting to get into the season where the bears will start roaming around, what should they keep in mind if an interaction with a bear uh, happens? You know, I mean, a great thing, but then it go, there's that line. And where should they, what should they be prepared for? Well, I think you nailed it with the end of your statement, they should be prepared before they go into an area, they could run into a bear. So situational awareness is huge when recreating in areas that have any wildlife, a lot more aggressive moose encounters than we do have bear encounters probably. So it's important that people realize and are are, are ready for that mentally and physically to, to go into that situation. Um, you know, and Janet already talked about this, but it's very important that you keep a, if you're camping, keep a clean camp. Don't provide any type of a food reward for, for especially bears because they're gonna keep coming looking for more. They're very smart, they're very adaptable, but they also will take the easy way out. So if they can get an easy meal and it's consistent, they're gonna keep coming to it. So don't provide that. And then also just know that, you know, bears will actively defend their personal space, their food and their offspring. And so, you know, if you see a, a female with, with a couple cubs up ahead, don't approach them because she might act differently than a, than a normal bear. And uh, just understanding bear behavior is important. Excellent. Dan Thompson and Janet Millick from Game & Fish, thank you guys so much. It's always nice to talk to you. You can go find out about more with bears at the wgfd.yo.gov bear wise that's what you're looking for there on the website it will help you in the long run especially if you go out in the areas that have a bear population thank you guys again wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on my country 95.5 well i'm a little skittish brian to call it spring because you know this past week we did have a little bit of snow and next week there could be more even a foot or two who knows how much it's going to be but it's always a good time to think about fishing in springtime 
Yeah, it's uh, right around the corner, and the river's uh, always a good uh, option for the early spring fishing, but uh, those reservoirs are going to start opening up soon, too. We've got a, a lot of options for you here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. When it comes to fishing, maybe going to start something new this year. I mean, you guys have anything and everything all fishing here. Yeah, there's, um, you know, they're not reinventing a whole lot of wheels on uh, the fishing side of things, but uh, really hard to keep up with electronics and graphs and that kind of stuff. There's definitely some supply chain issues on new graphs on some of the chip, anything that requires a chip. But uh, on the fishing side, there's some new colors and some new flicker shads and Rapalas, and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's definitely worth taking a look. When someone comes in to to look, I mean, you have aisles and aisles of, of baiting options and, and lures. Um, for what we have around here, what would you recommend for for a good uh, type of lure to use here? Well, springtime. Um, Really, I, I definitely like running a, a jig and a minnow on almost any presentation. you got to be kind of cautious on the river because there are some areas uh, of the North Platte that are, you know, artificial only and no live bait. Um, however, um, on the reservoir systems, I definitely like to see like a, a jig and a minnow or a jig and uh, some sort of uh, minnow imitation on a plastics. So, and obviously the options here, if uh, minnows, live bait, right up your alley, you guys always stock minnows here. Yeah, we carry minnows year-round, which a lot of people don't think about. Um, obviously, the minnow sales kind of slow down in the heat of the summer, a little bit harder to keep alive. And generally at that point, you know, we'll we'll stock leeches and uh, night crawlers, which are a lot easier for an angler to keep uh, keep alive. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of great, you know, artificial, like, plastics, uh, zoom flukes, and a lot of twister tails, that kind of stuff that really is really effective uh, this time of year. If somebody's looking for a new rod, do you have one that you like to use that maybe you'd recommend? You know, I, I tell everybody that um, I don't really have a, a particular, let's say, brand in mind. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I le definitely like a lot of the St. Croix stuff, but I don't always like spending 150 or $200 yeah. on a rod. So um, there's a lot of, um, it just kind of goes by feel. You know, you pick a rod for the presentation that you're looking for. If you're going to be doing a lot of casting for trout, uh, sometimes a little bit longer rod, a 6.6 six to 7, maybe even a 7.2 rod, a medium weight rod. And then, you know, pairing up a, a comparable reel to that so that it has the, the right weight to it so that, you know, if you're going to be jigging all day long, you don't necessarily need a big 30 or 40 size reel. You might get away with a 20 or a 25. I remember as a kid, you know, Grandpa would take you fishing and he had the Zebco 33 and, you know, mm -hmm. pretty easy. But now the, the gamut is really open when it comes to reels, uh, whether it's, you know, bait casters or, or what your preference is. Yeah, we see a lot of like, especially you know first time fishermen you know that kind of go with that traditional close face zebco 303 push button you know mm -hmm. you know aim and fire kind of stuff and then as they you know get a little bit more advanced you know the, op the open face reels and then i mean everything from you know trolling to uh, line counters to running lead core to all those different trolling presentations with planer boards um, we, we, we stock it all and you know we can help you get set up with the right equipment and of course it's never a bad time to get your kids involved with fishing and uh, you know the the zebcos you know e point and, and click those are still available yeah, and you know, one of my one of my favorite presentations is just running a slip bobber, you know, and 
you know, down south, you're running those slip bobbers for crappie and whatnot, but yeah. um, they're effective on trout and walleye in this area. And, um, man, there's nothing nothing funner than watching a bobber go underneath the water and start running away from you. Yeah, and especially, like I said, with your kids, to take them out and be able to see that and, and teach them that when that goes down and that feeling, that's mm-hmm. that's what's what you want. Man, it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I take a handful of people that have never been fishing before, and, and we'll throw some slip bobbers out, and, you know, Dad will be like, oh, God, we're throwing out slip bobbers and then all of a sudden the first one goes down and everyone starts getting excited and yeah. uh, you know it just it kind of brings back that childhood and that you know it's it's fun you know it's just it's fun to watch and no matter what you you do fishing i mean fun is the the key and and come here to rocky mountain discount sports they've got a whole store full of fun yeah, oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and husbands, you may want to leave your wives at home because they'll talk you out of it, right? No, you know, we, we've we got a lot of husband and wife couples that, that spend a lot of time fishing together. And, you know, whether it's just camping and, and upgrading chairs that, for the campsite, um, yeah, it's, you know, bring them, bring them all in. We don't want to leave anybody at home. <laughs> <laughs> no one left behind here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We've got another great show next week. If you have any questions that you'd like to get answered, let us know inside the radio station's app. Just click chat now and send that question in and while you're there click on demand and listen to all of our episodes my country 93.7